We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Aaron. Hey, hey. <laughs> We're back. Hey, Back for episode seven. Holy cow. What are we talking about today, ladies? We are talking about the connection to home. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Super good one. So how did your awareness nugget Wait, can I just say that's why I have my dog in the studio? What? Because it's the connection to home. Oh, yeah. Home is where the heart is? It's perfect where that the dog is here today. It is perfect that the dog's here today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was really hard, like, thinking about the last episode and all that I shared, and it felt really vulnerable. And so I am so used to when I do attempt something that I do it 110% and I end up really doing it great, or I don't, and I learned something from it. And so it was really hard to admit that in this area that is so meaningful to me that I might not be excelling at it at the level I want to. Mm -hmm. And so I actually thought maybe we should talk about (laughs) deleting that part. And I was like, well, you know what? It takes, if I'm feeling that way, I can't be the only one feeling that way. And so I thought, well, maybe it should be in there just so other people don't feel alone in this. And, you know, that's the whole idea of a podcast to share these things so that people, you know, don't feel alone in these things. So as hard as it was to share it and as much as I had like a vulnerability hangover the day of and that we recorded and the next day, at least, I felt like it was important that we keep it in there so that other people who feel that way know that they're not alone in that. So what I had to do is go through and say, write out exactly what I do to be a good mom. That's (laughs) a good idea. So that I could have like concrete examples of like, how I'm doing this mothering thing, what I'm doing that's working, what I'm doing that's not working. And so, you know, work for me is really, it's kind of a safe place because I can be, I'm really good at it. And I Mm -hmm. started thinking about like, I like to do things that I'm good at and that's something I'm good at. And, you know, the mothering thing is a lot harder, way Mm. harder. Like my husband stays home with our son two days and it's like, I think he has a way harder time (laughs) than I do when he's a stay-at-home dad. So I had to write these things out. You know, I work, and I'll just say them really quick, the things that I do that have helped and that make me feel like I'm being a good mom when I'm in this place of, like, really focusing on my career, too. And so, like, eye contact, whenever, and I get down on his level. He's a a five-and-a-half-year-old boy. Um, And then when he says, like, oh, I have to, I want to tell you something, I always, always respond with, you can tell me anything. And so he ends up coming Mm -hmm. to me for a lot of things. And in a lot of ways, I feel like we connect on, like, a deeper level, you know, like I always want to make sure it's safe for him to have his emotions and his feelings. And so I just had to like, I wanted to really share, you know, the things that are working for me and also like making sure that I'm giving him undivided attention and like that I'm setting aside time each day to do an activity that I'm not dreading, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, we have to play Legos or something like painful, you know, it's like, Monopoly? Yeah. 
It's like, okay, let's play like Jenga or whatever. Let's play catch or, you know, something that I enjoy too. It's like it can be an activity that we both enjoy. And having that like undivided time that I'm focusing on him, like that's something that makes me feel like like a good mom and stuff. So, well, and like quality over quantity. Yeah. I mean, it's like you could do a whole bunch of things with him all the time, but if you're if you're not super present, yeah, but it probably means so much to him when you are so present, mm-hmm. you know, with the time that you do have with him. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's where I was at with it. Total vulnerability hangover, though. That's great. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Thanks, Anna. I think for me, I had a vulnerability hangover as well. And I think... From the last episode? From the last episode, yeah. So the nuggets that I took away because I thought a lot about that because I was trying to figure out why I felt why what was unsettling about the episode and i think because worthiness stuff tied with work is so i have to constantly kind of monitor that and so it's still like when you're not processing when i'm processing through like work type of things like therapy type of things it's easy for me because that's what i do all the time but when i'm talking about my uh connection to like being good and that's Mm. tied to my worthiness like i have to watch that and so it just felt real, real vulnerable afterwards. Being good at something. Being good at something. And so like when I am grasping for my worthiness outside of myself mm. and being good, then that validates my, I feel like it validates my internals. And that's always, always, always a trap for me when I get caught in that pattern. Like if I do this, then like I'll feel good about myself. And if I accomplish this, then I'll feel good about myself. And really that's not how it works. And so for a long time, that whole like uh, critical voice that that dominates the land, internal landscape a lot of the times of high achievers is like if like that's if you're really hard on yourself and you get on your own ass about things that you need that voice in order to achieve. And I thought that for a really long time. And so what actually happened is when I worked through that and looked at it, it was like the nurturing part of myself, like the to be ability to nurture things and like calm and comfort myself is the thing that has actually propelled me forward. And the critical and the critical voice was the thing that got in the way. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and I was terrified to like let that go because if I mm-hmm. let that go, then I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to get anything done. Yeah. So is that like like inner child work? Stuff, uh, or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like that. Yeah, because I think that the critical voice comes from somewhere and it, depending on where it comes for whoever. And But and even like the nurturing. The stuff. nurturing part. And so for a long time, I didn't really know how to nurture myself. And so I thought when I was doing work around this, I thought that critical voice, um, I call it my Frida part because it's uh, like as Frida Kahlo because mm. she's a badass. <laughs> and and I was I thought that was who I am. And then I did this exercise where I like moved that part aside and it was like probably one of the most vulnerable I've ever felt in my entire life when that happened. And so that critical voice is that, yeah, it's just whenever I am functioning from a nurturing place, then um, instead of a critical place where all that worthiness mm-hmm. is tied to outside myself, then I have a lot more joy in my life. I was also thinking, I went to yoga this week and I was also also objectively thinking about that I'm absolutely average at, a, at yoga. And then I was thinking how ridiculous it is for me to evaluate myself in yoga yeah, yeah. because that does me no good. But why right. is it ridiculous to evaluate myself in yoga yeah. and not ridiculous to evaluate myself as a business owner yeah. or a therapist or a stepmom or wh- whatever yeah. the things are? And so why is that happening? And so... So like why evaluate in period? Yes. And so what... So whenever I'm in a good place, then showing up mm-hmm. is the thing that's important, not how good or bad I am at something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really connecting in... Because when I go to yoga, that's for me to connect into myself. That's mm-hmm. for me to connect in the spirit. That's for me to connect into that community mm-hmm. rather than... And it is the process of doing it 
and showing up and engaging rather than what I get out of this. Mm -hmm. And when, and I think last time I'm like so focused on the process is because when I focus on the outcome, then that's, then that's an external measure Mm. of my success. When really like for me internal and my own worthiness, when I show up then that, then I feel solid. And then that's when I feel successful and I really find joy in the process. But if I don't do that, then I, it's like this terrible trap that I get in. Mm. And so I think to readdress the average and the mediocre, a mediocre for me is half-assing it. And Mm. the average is I can be average in objective performance, right? But if I fully show up and I'm engaging wholeheartedly, then it is, then it feels fine. And so, but this episode made me, all of them do, but this particularly made me think a lot Mm. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's the amount of effort that equals, like, if that's considered your best or not right like and it, how you're yes okay and, and this podcast i think has helped me to like really enjoy the process because this is for the whole purpose of just doing the podcast yeah and so it's, it's really for fun right yeah <laughs> and so there's no outcome with it and it's just like doing it and so then how do i enjoy this process because i'm not we're not arriving anywhere like yeah we're right. just doing it it's because kind of we want like, to do it oh but it's good pra- yeah, yeah but it's like a good it's good practice yeah uh it's just good practice and so that's actually what's cemented that thing in my head. Like, oh, we're just doing this to do this. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I have to say, it's very nice to do something just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I agree. To not do it with like, you know, like part of me is like, oh, maybe we'll go on tour. Maybe we'll have a live show. <laughs> you know, like the right, cheaper yeah, part of, of me. But like the reality is, is it's super fun to just do it just out of like a fun thing to like hang out with you two more so yeah so it is fun just to do it and Mm -hmm. you know do it imperfectly and you know (laughs) speaking of imperfect our episode one that we you (laughs) know we talked about not i found out over the weekend or i found out recently that my husband tells people to not listen to episode (laughs) one and i'm like oh god (laughs) maybe that's because of the spoons Oh, yeah. <laughs> the spoon situation. That right. whole thing. But yeah, so it's like we had talked about like it's not good enough. And so mm. it's interesting thinking back about that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. you know what? And we kind of decided ultimately that there's a lot of power in putting it out there imperfectly and just right. doing it and going for it and taking that first step and saying, you know what? It's not necessarily good. And that's okay. Right. And I think about that for both of you in what you shared last episode, though, and then like experiencing this vulnerability hangover. And it's like, that's inspiring to me because I do feel like you did just put it out there. And then the nice thing is, is that we have an episode that we can do to then follow up and, you know, kind of say what you need to say. But Mm -hmm. But good for both of you. But it's amazing to me, even when doing the episodes, I know that I can go back and edit anything that I don't mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah. But, but the thought of like when it's going on in my head where I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? I don't even know what I mm-hmm. said. Like, how did this sound? Like the vulnerability in that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I wasn't that big of an idiot. But but when I'm doing I it- I have and, that with every episode. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, every- yeah. What did I say this Yeah, time? <laughs> totally. And so that, but it's great practice to like really like just own whatever yeah. you're to say. And so yeah. this has been good in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's also cool that, you know, you know, we all ask like a higher purpose, a higher being to work through us when we deliver this podcast and to say what we need to say. So I think it kind of- it takes some pressure off 
in a lot of ways to be like, you know what, let me be the voice of what I need to deliver, you know, kind of like with my book and what you do with your clients, you know, it's like at the end of the day, this podcast, I hope it helps people. And, you know, I hope people get value out of it. Like that's the goal. And I hope we have fun with it. But, you know, ultimately, we got to say what we need to say and and let that go. Yeah. So it's like, if we're too concerned about coming off a certain way or looking a certain way, then we're not going to be able to be real and vulnerable and connect with people the way that we yes. want. Right. And the way that we show up for coffee every Wednesday right. is is in that way. So I think there's a lot of power in saying, you know what, this is who I am. And, you know. Oh, I had this really great daily reader recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm, about directness. Mm-hmm. Can I read it quick? Please sure. do. It is right in line with what we're talking about. And I took a picture of it because it it's called directness. And it's speaking says, my language. <laughs> yeah. So much of our communication can reflect our need to control. Mm. We say what we think others want to hear. We try to keep others from getting angry, feeling afraid, going away, or disliking us. But our need to control traps us into feeling like victims and martyrs. Freedom is just a few words away. Those words are our truths. We can say what we need to say. We can gently but assertively speak our mind. Let go of your need to control. We do not need to be judgmental, tactless, blaming, or cruel when we speak our truths. Neither do we need to hide our light. Let go and freely be who you are. So good. Mm-hmm. We can keep it in there or not, but I just I thought it was a good so one. good. good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's from July 3rd. <laughs> so good. Isn't it? Uh-huh. It kind of like, reminds me of like the whole thing of like show up as who you are and then like, you know, people will like it or not. And like yeah. you'll draw people towards you right. and, and the yeah. right people will be your friends and the wrong people will right. be. It's like the we attract and repel. Yeah, things. attract yeah. and repel. And, uh, you know, there's a meme that is like the sun doesn't give a damn if it blinds you. Like be the sun. basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> like shine. And, yeah. and in practice, in practice, doing that is hard. And oh, I have noticed, I think so since we started hard. this podcast, actually, my muscles in my neck where you like control things have been so my neck has been super super sore since we started because i think that's where i carry my attention oh and so this is just a practice like when i get massages that that she has to work on my neck like specifically like these side muscles because i think that's what i'm trying to do yeah even though like i just put it out there but it feels like oh clenching the whole time because yes it is this is huge growth huge yeah. yeah i can't even yeah yeah it's so yeah, so big, so good. It's terrifying and beautiful all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all at the same time. <laughs> all right, so home, home. Oh wow. Oh wait, listener reviews. <gasps> oh, we cannot forget. Okay, these so are so good. We I printed out one, and then we had another one come in, and I actually had to text it to Amy and Aaron because I was it's like, so good. So oh good. my word, it's like literally the best thing ever to see your reviews, and it helps us so much. Like when you share the podcast, when you tell your friends about it, when you bring it up in conversation, like any of those things helps us help 
more people, like feel less alone. And so we appreciate it so much. So and also much. give alternate perspectives about oh, like yeah. what they're actually getting out of the podcast oh, and, yeah. and things that we might not have thought about. Because I'm like, oh, that's oh a yeah. gr- that is a great point. Well, uh, especially yeah. in the Less Alone uh, Facebook group. Right. So lessalonepodcastgroup.com. You can find the group. And there's a ton of great conversations about the right. uh, takeaways. Yes. And mm, we so get great. to hear like feedback about things like, oh my gosh, what? Because like, that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's so like, it's really interesting because it's like we're just talking into we know that people are out there but we're just kind of talking into the abyss and so mm-hmm. then when you're like oh this is what i got out of it or it's, it's just so, so cool. yes yeah and like it's something that was brought up recently in the group was something that uh, an angle and we'll bring it up we'll talk about it more but i mean it's at another time yeah but like hanger Keeping you on the edge of your seat. Boy, what's it going to be? That was okay. Stay tuned. (laughs) Dot dot dot. Yeah, we will talk about it. It is so good. Uh, So you keep your you keep (laughs) tuned. You keep listening. You keep listening. Yeah. In the meantime, in the meantime, I'm going to read these. Rain that rain that shit in. (laughs) Here we go. Number Uh one is from RS five 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 RS five 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 says, I'm into it. Five stars. From the outset, I've enjoyed listening to this podcast. The hosts seem to truly enjoy one another's company, which engages me as a listener. The platforms are polished and intriguing, and the content is spot on. You can tell these ladies have all done their work and have a lot to offer. Oh, so cool. Thanks, RS555. Like, we, we, five. we do enjoy each other. It's true. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. And then the second one is from Mick Mark, M-C-M-A-R-C-K. Uh, title is The Perfect Podcast, exclamation Whoa. point. No Whoa. pressure. <laughs> I feel like this is the podcast I didn't know I needed. I work from home and I often feel so isolated, but now I'm feeling pumped to actively seek more connections in my community, in person and online. Oh, high five. Awesome. Oh, cool. Thank you. And you know what? I'm curious about what people are doing when they're listening to the podcast. Speaking of this review in particular, like she said, she's working from home. Like tell Or he. Or he. Yeah, it could be a he. Like, tell us what you're doing. Share screenshots. Let us know what you're doing when you're listening because Mm. it would be so cool to know. Yeah. Are you curious at all? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Okay. I listen to podcasts when I run and in my car. Okay. Driving. Side note. Yeah, yeah, driving, walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I used yeah. to listen to them mostly when I was walking. So now yeah, it's like there we go. Cool. Good. Thank you. Keep them yeah, coming, everybody. Yeah, keep them coming. That is awesome. Aaron, you want to talk about your connection to home? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I was doing research for this, and that I think home. I initially thought of that is the home that I grew up in, right? Because I've only lived in one house my entire 18, first 18 years. And so like, to me, home will be this iconic place of like, oh, I grew up in Pennsylvania and it's this thing. And I think that you, for me, I went back to visit, I grew up in State College and so Pennsylvania. And um, when I went- to city? That, <laughs> it's a city. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's where Penn State is if people get confused about okay. it all the time. And so when I went home after seven years, everything- was the same and everything was different. Mm. Like it was strange yeah. to see it from an adult perspective. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, I think, but that's always what home be. And so it was like, oh, I haven't been here forever, but it just feels so comfortable and so like in my DNA. <laughs> Dory's, <laughs> Dory's breathing, breathing real heavy. <laughs> She's um, feeling the heat in here. And so, right. And so for you all, 
what is home when you first thought about that? What is that for you? I thought about the home that I grew up in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought about the ditch that we played in. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so hillbilly. That's right. (laughs) And I thought about how when my little sister went to go visit, she said that the hill that we used to Mm -hmm. to call it the hill. Right. She was like, it was literally like she sent a a picture. (laughs) And it's like not big at all. I know, right? (laughs) And I was like, what? That's like... That not, was our sled hill? That's like, literally yeah. not a hill at all. Like, it's like a slight incline. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not it. Right. That's <laughs> like, funny. Everything that... seems so much bigger when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I always just want to kind of like, like every once in a while, I'll Google Maps it just to see like, what's it look like? And just having those impressions in my head of like, oh, okay, this was my home for so long and thinking like, you know, we slid down this carpeted stairs and like all the experiences that that I had and you know it's just yeah definitely imprinted Absolutely. for sure yeah how about you Amy I'm just thinking about home thinking about how many so I let's see I moved five different houses from birth to 18 18 mm-hmm. yeah so I feel like I have a few you know solid memories I guess we always had the like family cabin in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely is a, you know, part of, but we lived there for a while too. So that makes, that has a, I don't know, like a feeling of familiarity mm-hmm. more than anything. But um, yeah, I when I think of home, I really don't think about a particular building mm-hmm. or a particular place I've lived. Hmm. I really think a lot about people. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like home is what home is. And honestly, sounds so weird, but I think a lot about plants. Yeah, <laughs> really? But they do make I it out. A they do. a ton of yeah. plants. Uh-huh. And I always, it is a huge part of my home, especially in the last, I don't know. I mean, my mom always had a lot of plants I in our home. I love plants. Oh, they yeah. really change the vibe They of really place. do. And in the last probably five, six years, I've had a lot of plants, like more and more and more. And I... Can I say a story about yeah. that? So oh, we yeah. were in Moab in, sometime in May, and there was a sprinter van that mm. people had decked out. So there was like a bed. Awesome. There was a shower and yes. bathroom. And there was this couple. And then I looked above the door, and there was a plant. And I was like, oh, you have a plant in here. And they were like, oh, because we wanted to make it more homey. Oh. And so the plant. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So home too for me is sanctuary. It feels like an extension of myself. It feels like a place of respite. And so when I go home in the evening, it just I need it to be calm and warm and inviting. It's super helpful when my dog meets me at the door, right? Mm. Um, But it just needs to be plants help the people and the relationships in the home help like that. It's just this overall feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I was curious about I uh, about like the energetic imprint of home. Mm -hmm. And that so I don't know if it's actually has to be a building. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what is that energetic imprint? Like what does that viscerally like feel like? So for Mm -hmm. me, it feels like calm and grounded and like centered Mm -hmm. and like things are just stable and steady. And Mm -hmm. if I feel like that. I can bring that feeling with me. So I'm curious about for you two, what you feel like the energetic imprint. Well, for me, home feels like the place where you can fart freely. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Where you don't have the stomach aches. Right. I'm like, oh, God. Better out than in. That's right. My motto. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But really, where you're like the ultimate comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not having a stomach ache from holding a fart in. Yeah. <laughs> not that I fart. Yes. She does a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's yeah. really telling when things are not stable and mm-hmm. not good at home. Right. And how that can affect every other oh, yeah. everything you know and mm-hmm. you just it's it's really hard for me to feel grounded when things are not stable because when course. i think of like home or my ideal home it's tranquility mm. it's like cleanliness right. it's simplicity and a whole lot of love yeah. you know mm-hmm. and life like, yes like just I think that's one of the things with the plants for me yeah. is just like life and and love and and boy when that is off mm-hmm. it has big effects in everyday yeah for sure I think that's a true story I notice, you know going like for me home is really about like comfort and that's something like um, I associate with sleep mm, <laughs> a yes. lot, in a lot of ways and like making sure I'm getting plenty of sleep and that the conditions are perfect for sleeping. Yes. And like yeah. if I'm not getting enough sleep, it's usually because I'm staying awake thinking about things or something's unsettled or, you know, like something's off. And so for me, home is like that, the ultimate comfort really. And like a place, like you said, the sanctuary and the respite. And, you know, I saw a home on a home tour and it was like my soulmate home mm. and it had so many plants in it mm. and it had so much light, it was like probably. it was like a ton of light it almost felt like a tree house but yeah. like not and it was just something about it it was like this is my house mm-hmm. this i need to live here it's amazing and oh my gosh it's something i can't even explain mm-hmm. so i think a good outdoor space too makes yeah. a big difference in a home yeah i really mm-hmm. want a fire pit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about a fire pit? I like how they smell. Mm-hmm. Like that campfire smell. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we go to the mountains and they have the, like the pits going, it's mm. like, oh. Yeah. Oh, good. Some good fire. I like yeah. the fireplace in the winter. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Or just anytime. Right. Even in the rainstorms in right. the summer. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like just thinking you know, kind of off the cuff here about like when we were looking for a home Mm. to buy, it was like certain homes I knew right away, like, yes, this or no. I think that's that energetic imprint about like what what feels right for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like being connected to that internal feeling of like, what is that? Uh, Why does this feel right? Why does this feel wrong? Like, and I actually, the place we're in now, I got tears in my eyes when I saw it. I was like, this is it. This is it. (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes too, when I was when thinking about this and researching, that sometimes home feels can feel ambiguous and and like it's hard to define. Um, even there wasn't a ton of non real estate articles on home people talking about that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just not a thing that people talk about, but like connecting to homes, connecting to home, and maybe I didn't have the right search terms, but it was just there was just like not a ton about without moving to houses. Mm. Yeah. Because I think house and home are very, can be very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so home, is it more of like the feeling and then the house is the actual building? building. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. So there's an article 
by Frank T. McAndrew. He's a PhD. Put the show notes in the link. Anna, just give me... (laughs) Sometimes I read things monotone and with not the energy that I need to. So Anna just gave me the, Aaron, you need to be more excited look. So I'm going to do this well here, people. Right? Well, I I think not sounding like you hate the article. I don't hate the article. You're like, oh, oh, there it is. So she gave me the Vanna White like, hey, you can do this. Put your happy face on. I got it. Smile. Smile. Okay, energy. Breathe in. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I found this article. It's entitled that home is where the heart is, but where is home? Home means so much more than just a house. So how do we decide on where home is? So the key, there's lots of points in this article, but the key question is, as you reflect upon where your home is, ask yourself why a particular place out of many places that you may have lived stands out as one that feels like home. By doing so, you may gain deeper understanding to how you think about yourself and your connections with the world at large. Mm. And this was an article by Psychology Today. And so that is really interesting. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you connect to your environment mm-hmm. is really how I, what I take from that mm-hmm. little snippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is really, I guess, how... So for the me, guts of what we're right, talking about. But today. The, the so the biggest thing for me is to get really familiar in any place, not even in that. I need to get familiar with the land. So if there's like a trail, mm. I will go on the trail to wherever it is, or I will go if I can, I'll walk or preferably a run in the area that I am, so I know my surroundings because oh. that starts to like bring that like feel of like you get to know the place oh. and the landscape of the area. And so any new place that I like to go, I like to just get out oh. to kind of just get like the sense of. Because cities or places all have different types of yeah. energy. Well, so, then you get like your bearings. Yes. Yep. In a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we moved into our last house or any house that we've moved into, any apartment or whatever, I always want to like clean it and like get everybody, all the previous owners like mm-hmm. germs off of it mm-hmm. and just sage have, like, that fresh yeah. start. Yep. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, I think it's a similar thing of like getting your bearings and being like, this is now our home and like, we have to, we're creating our new, I live in Capitol Hill and it's like, we call it the Capitol Hill grime. And it's like all those people's energy from like that have lived there. So it's like, yeah, oh, that's part of where I live. It's know? the most densely populated neighborhood in the whole city, right? Uh, I bet it is. In Denver? Yeah. Oh, really? No, I'm guessing. Oh, it just I would feels guess like so. that. Like it's sm- there are so many people. Yeah. I was area. down by like Coors Stadium. It's mm. pretty dense. Oh, yeah. It's pretty dense. Yeah. In there too. That's true. But new. Yeah. I mean, so it's a really different feel. Yeah, totally different. So there was another article that we found, the Smithsonian article called The Definition of Home by Verlin Klinkenborg. (laughs) That is a good go. I was like, (laughs) wow, she's going I'm like, I got nothing. Um, she was a teacher. I was like, that's ambitious. <laughs> yeah. I, just seeing all those letters on the right. page, I'm like, oh my, how's this going to go? By an author. That's what I would have said. <laughs> I would have just said, this is a Smithsonian article. Yep. Good job, Amy. <laughs> Thanks. So um, this article asks, when did home become embedded in human consciousness? Is our sense of home instinctive? Are we denning animals or nest builders, or are we at root nomadic? And I think that's really interesting, I guess, for in my own experience. You know, I moved as a kid. I moved 
from, you know, transferred colleges, lived kind of all over the U.S. And then even in my adult life with kids have moved, you know, a fair mm-hmm. a fair amount, lived in three major cities and not major, but three cities. And I kind of wonder sometimes, is it going to stop? Right. Or is it not? Is it going to keep going or what? Right. And so I think about the, but like, I still think I have a sense of home and, and actually being in Denver feels more home. Like there's a, there's an energy there mm-hmm. with, with Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's itself, really interesting that you say that because I too feel that about Denver. Like yeah. I never would have thought that I, I came out here for college and it was like, you know, I never, ever would have thought I'd still be here. And it's like, yeah. then I go out and visit and I come back home. Uh, feels home like a breath. And I, yeah. and I like yeah. take a breath and I'm like, I'm home. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just, yeah. I know it. It's just a feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But interesting. So when I was doing my Healing Touch apprenticeship, we had to do all these alternative practitioner sessions with people just to try things out. So that was one of the requirements. And so I went to this woman who did a past life reading with me. Ooh. And so mm. so super interesting. So she was talking to me in some past life that Whoa. I have been some nomadic something Ooh. or other. And the way she was describing it before I said anything was exactly how I feel when I trail run. And so she's saying this stuff and I was like, oh, whoa. Like it felt like she had the words whoa. or like, oh, this is why I do this and why it feels so... Whether that is a thing or not a thing, I have no idea. But it was like so eerily similar to how I feel when I'm trail running. And how I was do you like, how do you feel when you trail run? I just it's like a nomadic, no, like, like a I, nomadic it, lady. Well, yeah, like because you get to I get to explore, and it's this oh. sense of freedom, and you just get to be like wild, oh. um, and this wildness of like just you're just running um, oh. and just being outside, an and yeah. <laughs> You know when I feel like yeah. the most, uh, when I ha- felt like the most like an animal? When? When I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I was like, this shit is just happening with or without me. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, hang on, Anna. This is, you got a grown, grown you got a situation here and it's happening. And then like giving birth, it was like, yeah. wow. Right. It's like, talk about something greater than yourself, like yeah. taking control and yeah. just being like, well, we're going animal here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> animal. <laughs> Speaking of home, there was one thing that like, so I was going to give birth at a birthing center. It ultimately ended up not happening that way. C-section happened. But this, there was something we were encouraged to make like a playlist. It was very like hippie. That's what we I did. Too. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, there's just one thing that I want. I want this song home to play when I'm giving birth. Like, put that shit on repeat. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic, Magnetic Zeros. Zeros. It is so good. And you have a and connection yeah, and to that so song, too. And so we, I love that song as well. And we had my uh, niece and nephew sing that at our wedding. And it was so... Whoa, they that's did, crazy. They you guys did both have that song. A in beautiful yeah. song. And Do you I, know this song? No. Oh, you guys well, it's we, so good. We were, I went to Red Rocks and for whatever reason they were playing with the Alabama Shakes. And oh, so we, I don't know, we got there early and there wasn't that many people. So I was in the front row for Edward Sharp and the Magnetic oh. Zeros. And they, I would say, and I've been to a lot of concerts and that is by far the most, they just like and brought at Red it. Rocks. It was amazing. That's There's awesome. like, I think there was like 11 of them on stage oh and they gosh. are just so present and we're so stoked to be there. And it was it was amazing. But when they sang that song, it's like, oh, oh, you filled in the soul. It's one that like, and then there's like a cute little 
duet part mm. and like when it's like did you know when i fell in love with you yep. and oh it's like you thought you were gonna die i mean it's a way more graceful than that yeah. but like it's just so like it's just awesome it like just it's yeah it feels good in the good. bones it's coming it's coming <laughs> From big butts to home. Oh yes, oh, we, that song is so good. We are complicated. It's That's right. Good. There's a real expansive a variety podcast. Expansive, yeah, yes, variety uh-huh. show. Variety yeah. show. That's right. Here it is. Yeah. So we had a reader question. Here we are. That relates to home. So when you travel, when you go out to like your family members' homes, um, when you visit family, or when they come to see you. Do they stay with you in your home or do you stay with them when you go to visit? Some do, some don't. It varies. Okay. Some some stay in our in our home, some get Airbnb. I don't know. It's, it varies we, for Yeah. for me. When we go to uh, my mom's house, sometimes it's real crowded. Uh but we always just stay at her house. And sometimes it's cramped, and I sometimes think, like, huh, why don't sometimes we stay at an Airbnb? But mm-hmm. that's just what we do, and we've always done. And when people come uh, to our house, they stay with us, or my sister's in town, too. And so most of the time, because she's older, that people stay with her. Maybe they like her more. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Which could be the case. Not possible. Nah, nah. No. Um, no. And so they stay with her. Uh, but Never I think have met the sister. What? I've never met your sister, oh, so yeah. I'm not saying anything personal. Oh, uh, no, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not taking that personally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, her. Yeah. Colleen, <laughs> Anna's talking shit about you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm like, wait a minute. I should clarify that, that I've never that, met this sister. That's right. She's fantastic. <laughs> I've heard only good things. That's right. This is true. Yeah. Okay. So, what, what about you, do? Anna? Well, so it's interesting. My, we don't really have the space for it to be a comfortable situation most of the time. Like, right. we have to do some rearranging and stuff. But a lot of times, <laughs> well, we offer, and it must not be comfortable because people have ended up staying at an Airbnb like the second time. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, like uh, we'll go stay somewhere else. It's like we know I'm Central Air and it's like hot. I right. stayed at your place. You it was did. nice. You did. It was comfortable. Yeah, we had blackout curtains in there. Oh. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, Aaron, she's impressed with that. You <laughs> like that. You're like, oh, that's good. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's like when we go to visit my parents in particular, it's like you stay at their house. Yeah, some family. Like, Absolutely, that's exactly how it like is that. in my house. There's I an my expectation. Mom's yeah, yes. and it's like, I mean, and they do have the space and like it allows you to see them yeah. more. You know, you're not doing the travel in the mornings or whatever if you're spending the whole day together anyway. But it's really interesting, especially in like complicated family situations. I We have had the experience where we stayed in an Airbnb and it's kind of nice to have that break at the end of the day and to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to have that separation. I'm going to, you know, recharge and have this time with our individual, you know, separate little or family. And then we're going to go back to the. Has anyone ever taken that personally? You know, I always, you know, I kind of like I mentioned in a previous episode, I kind of operate of like, that's not my thing. I don't take things personally. I try not to anyway. And um, I haven't ever had anyone say that they were super mad at me about okay. it. So maybe they're so mad and they're like, this bee. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you would never know. I would never That's know. Right. Not a problem to me on yeah. this side. Right. So yeah. if they're mad, you know, I think adults need to tell people if they're mad or you got some beef with me, tell me and we'll go from there. But otherwise, I play stupid. I don't know. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> now no, you can't play stupid because you just let the cat out of the back here on yeah. the podcast, Anna. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Okay, this is kind of off-road in here a little bit, but I got to ask you, when you get certain, like when you get gifts, do you feel an obligation to hang on to those things because of the it, it's a gift? Like, or are you just like, well, I'm not enjoying it any longer. It served its purpose. It's time to get rid of it. I guess it really depends on what it is. But I honestly, yeah. like, I would say my family's pretty good at gift giving and everybody asks pretty clearly, like, what do you want? Oh, or, that's nice. Or the gifts are really just for kids at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. You know, so. We've started doing that with my siblings, yeah. too. But I would say in general, no. I don't feel very attached to even gifts. Yeah. If I'm not using it. Yeah. And haven't been using it, then. Just takes yeah. up space. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a but thing. But there are a lot, a lot of, of things, though, that I do really love that I don't use all the time. Mm. Right. And that's joy in totally. it, just having it there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you feel guilty about, or do you feel attachment to gifts? You know Because what? they're a gift? I feel like I should, but I don't. And... Why do you feel like you should? Because I know... If people put a lot of thought into it, or, like, there is some deeper meaning, then... Yeah. Then I would... Yeah, if there's a deeper meaning, I mean, I feel like <laughs> my mom, mom, if you're ever listening, I love you so much. But she sometimes she'll ask what we want and what I want and <laughs> she won't get it at all. It's like totally different. And I'm like, and I've, and I have told her, I'm like, I'm super picky. Yeah. Like I really like, you know, if you've been to my house, it's kind of minimalist. We kind of we keep the surfaces clean and clutter free. We try. And it's like, unless I love it, unless we love it, we get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, Dory. Um, Confirming. Dog. <laughs> Dory's like, I do not agree with that approach, Anna. <laughs> but, you know, it really bothers some people yeah. that you would get rid of their gift. Upon talking about the gifts. Yes. Uh, my mother. If you're listening, Mom, she has taken to QVC like a champion. Oh. It's uh, every gift, I think, for all of us. Yes. Is from QVC. Yeah. That shit is a trap. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. She, it's She's got a real QVC. Yeah. But have you gotten some cool trinkets? Uh, or like cool things? Because sometimes well, those I did get an air. I did so get clever. an air fryer. Mm-hmm. Oh. A Paula Dean air fryer. Yes. We used it not that many times. And, and she keeps asking it. me if I can use it, and it takes up space. Uh, it's great Brussels sprouts. Yes. It really is great Brussels <laughs> sprouts. Fries. Yeah, but I yeah. But we got the technique yeah. for the fries at oh, home. Okay. Uh, Do you want to know it? Yeah. Okay. So chop them okay. up, right? Cut them up into whatever shape you want. Okay. Then you soak them real quick in cold water. Oh. And then you just not like dunking. Okay. It's like a soak and then dump it out and then pat dry them and just a little bit of cooking spray and put spices on them and mm. they crisp up like a champion. In the air fryer? Hmm. No, 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 in the regular oven. Oh. Delicious. And high heat? In high heat. So I think over 400. Oh. So if you want to talk about home, homemade french fries, that's oh. some good shit. Yum. 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 Talking about good. like kitchen gadgets, guess where my in-laws keep their waffle maker? In the attic. And they, have, they, <laughs> they use they, it a lot. Uh, well, they wanted to make waffles, but they couldn't because it was in the attic. 
Oh. <laughs> That's a uh, goodwill. That's goodwill. Oh, yes. oh man. Yes. Like, yeah. It's just kind of funny. So also thinking about like parents, you know, it's interesting because this comes up a lot in my spending fasters group of like stuff and like minimalism and like thinking about my parents and like clearing out their stuff eventually from their home, you know, when the time comes. Yeah. And like, it's just interesting talking about the connection to things that we all have on some level. If it's, you know, a maximalist with lots of someone who likes to have the... Or uh, a hoarder. Yeah, a lot of stuff around them or yeah. someone who's more of a minimalist who prefers to have a, uh, less stuff around them. It gives them. me anxiety when there's maximalist. It gives me, I, yeah. like, I feel mm-hmm. stressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's also generational. Hmm. Oh yeah, and like I think with the it, depression and yes. stuff. I oh, mean, that's yeah. a like real saving thing. everything yeah. to yeah, yeah. to keep everything so and that had, it had that's true massive. Dory just implication. <laughs> Dory just <laughs> farted. Dory said a huge <laughs> dog farts. <laughs> this is what it was like when Dory slept in my house. <laughs> this like, is why Dory cannot sleep over anymore. <laughs> because of this, as evidenced by this podcast, <laughs> this is what it was like barking, tweaking. It's good. Okay, so uh, emotional clutter. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And so the Maria Condi, the Condi Mari, is that how you? Con Mari. Con Mari. Right. So the basic, those Vogue article was basically about that if we can clutter free our cupboards, but we have an estimated of 20,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day, then what are we doing? Wow. What's the point of clearing out our clutter, clutter, cluttered cupboards if we have all this shit in our mind? Yeah. Which is a great point. I think the other thing is like making it lasting. You know, I think like the con the KonMari method or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you can go through, you can get rid of all this. You can get rid of a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. then the maintenance of it all. Mm-hmm. And then is it that that clutter just kind of seeps back in? Yeah. And I mean, I think like with the mental and emotional stuff, similar, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you might clear it out, but then maintenance is yeah. a whole new Whole new thing. You know, what you would have to bring practices into your life to. I think that's a whole indication for me, at least, that when I have piles or like piles of clothes at the end of the week, that just is an indication of what's happening internally with me. Mm. And so I think that it's a good, my space and how it is, is a reflection of what's happening internally with Mm -hmm. me. And so if there's a pile here or I didn't do the dishes, this doesn't happen that often, but when that when there's a build up by the if that week's been super chaotic mm-hmm. and busy then you then see I, it yes yeah. i see it and so like manifesting in the room. yeah mm-hmm. uh there's that gretchen rubin book that's the inner order outer order inner calm mm-hmm. and i have not oh. read it but i would like to cuz she has great points on yeah. things so it's like the idea of working from the outside in yeah yep yeah and that getting more control of our stuff makes us feel in more control of our lives mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i think is a great uh point because yeah. mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Oh, mm-hmm. If sure. things feel chaotic, I think that then the first thing I'll do is like, well, what can I clean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at least you have like a tangible thing that mm-hmm. you can uh, mm-hmm. do. Like with the with the business stuff, whenever I, I don't really like to reconcile accounting, mm. but it's very like tangible. <laughs> <What> <laughs> 
sounds <laughs> right. so, fun. so great. And you just have to stick it in a different bucket. Yeah, yeah. it's so great. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to stick it in. But then it's like, oh, reconciled 100% and gives you like a explanation point and a green check. And you're like, yes. yes. And it feels good. Or like nice Crystal it. really likes to go to the store and like get. Crystal is your Yeah, is my opinion, and yeah. likes to get all of the tangible like office supplies. Oh, because a lot, a lot of our job that. is not tangible. And, yeah. and that just feels good. Yeah. yeah. So Well, yeah. and I yeah. noticed this comes up a lot with my spending faster group and the people doing the spending fast is that once they start the process of getting out of debt, it's like, okay, now what do I do with this time that I have, you know? And it's like, so that's minimalism starts coming in and it's like, you can use this time and sell the things that you're, that are no longer serving you and make some money off those to Mm -hmm. pay off your debt. Right. And here's something tangible you can do now to move forward in this journey. And like, I noticed that that was like the natural progression when I started getting out of debt for myself. And it was like, all of these things, I started noticing the tie that I had to these objects, right? Mm -hmm. And how even just seeing them reminded me of the choices I had made financially and how that that, uh, made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. That I chose that, I chose to continue the cycle of the situation I was in by purchasing that item. And it reinforced when I saw that item mm-hmm. that I had made this poor choice. And so it was like this negative reinforcement cycle where- In your home. When, That's in hard. my home, yeah. yeah. When it was like, okay, I'm getting out of debt. I'm going to you know, sell some of these things that are no longer working for me or serving mm-hmm. me or my family. And, you know- turning it into something else and mm-hmm. turning it into a situation where it was suddenly empowering mm-hmm. rather than like oh, a reminder, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I yeah. think like on a totally different note of like thinking about the stuff that you do have, there's that whole Danish way of living called huga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked it up and um, the definition. I did the- not know that's how you pronounce it. I thought yeah. it was Higgy. Huga. Danish. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> a qu- it's, it's a quality of coziness and comfortable conviviality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being regarded as a defining characteristic of Danish culture. That's great. So, awesome. I, yeah, and I, I was in Copenhagen last, uh, when was that? Last October. Oh. And there, you know, it's definitely a thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. are Candles, the houses like? Do they just feel so great? Cozy. It ah. is. Is it is a coziness? Mm, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, candles. You know what really blankets. helps with coziness? What blankets? Uh, like lamps. Yeah, oh. not ceiling lamps. Lighting is huge. Oh, I think absolutely. lighting is huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So a lot to do though to make your yep yeah. home. You know whether it's oops <laughs> paper. <laughs> Yeah, a lot to do. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. Clean out the clutter and get some candles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it really does clear your mind. So, like, I have this guide. It's called the Fearless Minimalist Guide. And it walks through all sorts of ways to declutter. And we'll link to that in the show notes. And it's just something that will help you walk through the whole process. So, if minimalism is something that you want to try, if you want, uh, you know, to give it a go or, or want a different take on it, you know, it's really a way to say, you know, I can be a minimalist in a way that 
make sense for me. It's and it's minimalism, I feel like is often misunderstood of being like, oh, I have to have nothing around me when the reality is, is I just want to have around me the things that serve me. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll link to that. And that's uh, a pretty helpful guide. And then we have a helpful tip from my sister-in-law, Sarah, actually. And it's a laundry tip. Uh, She was telling me about this recently in when we were visiting in Ocean City in Maryland. And I was like, what? You do what? And we'll play the voicemail here in just one second. But it's an awesome way for her to uh, stay on top of the laundry. So had to plug that or tell you all about that little life hack in this home episode. Hi, ladies. This is Sarah calling from York. I was asked by Anna to share my laundry routine in hopes that it would help other moms kind of stay on top of the never-ending task of getting laundry done. So me and her were discussing it at our beach vacation, and I let her know I am complete nut when it comes to laundry. And when I worked full-time, it was the last thing I wanted to do, but it was, of course, the thing I had to do every single day. Then I got to be a stay-at-home mom, and I got into my routine of getting laundry done and always staying on top of it. So here's my pointer. We wake up in the morning, and my oldest son is collecting the laundry from the hamper every day. He brings it downstairs, and the first thing I do in the morning is start my laundry. And then I get the kids their breakfast, I get their lunches packed, I get them off to school, and by the time I come in from putting them on the bus, my laundry is ready to go into the dryer. So I go ahead and dry it, and last year I would take my littlest guy to preschool. By the time I would get home from dropping off at preschool, my laundry was ready to be folded and put away. So I would either go right upstairs and put it away, or I would wait till nap time to put it away when he was still napping. And I tend to get into the routine now where right before, while the kids are all getting their own baths and showers, since they're all old enough to do that, while they're doing that at night, I just buzz through everybody's room, put laundry away, and I usually get the kids' outfits out for the next day and just lay them out at that time so it's all ready to go. To keep on top of my laundry when it comes to towels and sheets and bathroom rugs, I have all the kids collect their towels from the bathroom every Friday morning, and we make a game out of it by them throwing it over the banister into a laundry basket that I have sitting there ready. I just collect everything, including my kitchen towels and my kitchen rags for the week, and I go ahead and wash down on hot right away, get that done and out of the way as well, and that way they are ready to be put right back out. I um, do that on Fridays. If I need to do it more throughout the week, I do. But we tend to just kind of do a weekly routine of changing the towels. And the same goes with sheets. I do that um, whenever they need sheets. We just do it first thing in the morning, and I go up as soon as they're out, and I put them right back on the bed to eliminate having to fold sheets. And I also do that with bathroom rugs. So anytime I clean my bathroom or I my rugs that are in front of my sink and my doors, throw them in the washer, and put them right back out. Tends to just kind of help stay on top of the laundry. I'm not spending my entire weekend washing, folding, putting away. You know, it also helps me organize the kids' closets because I put them away in outfits. So if I don't have the chance to pull their outfit out for the next day, they can simply just go in and pick an outfit that matches because my kids are pretty notorious for putting on plaid shirts and striped shorts. 
So this makes it a lot easier for everybody. One other pointer, I wash everything on cold. That way I can throw everything into the same load every morning. If I do have a bunch of wipes, I just put those aside on top of my washer until it's time I see enough to do a little mini load of wipes. I do wash my towels and everything on hot, and that's why I do that separately. So I've given this pointer to a lot of my friends, and I've even said if I were to continue or go back to work full time, I would absolutely start my laundry first thing when I wake up in the morning. So then by the time I'm ready to walk out the door, it can go in the dryer. And when I get home from work, it's not such a huge and daunting task because I just have one load of laundry to put away that day. So I hope this helps other moms out there. It certainly makes my life easier, and I think it might for you too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, so we have our awareness challenge. We have come mm. to the end of the episode, yes. this noisy episode, <laughs> with, yeah. with Dory as our guest in homie, studio. It's homie. Homie. It's homie. It's homie. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, like I said, like 110 degrees. We got yes. some floor lamps. We got the dog. Yeah. Got some barking. We got some barking. barking. Sweaty pits. It's just like we're recording at home. Yeah. That's right. Get the shoes than, off. Yeah. We might have air conditioning at home. <laughs> Oh, it's so hot in here. It's a little warm. Anyway, so the nugget. Yeah. So the question is, ask yourself, are the things that I'm surrounding myself with creating the home that I want? Mm. And that's it. It's great. It's a good one. Just a question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and with that, everybody, make sure that you go to lessalonepodcast.com to access the show notes, links, and resources from this episode and the transcript. Use the discount code LESSALONEPODCAST for 20% off your first month at weeditpodcast.com. Yep, they have been so awesome. So awesome. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.